Hi, and welcome to Blooming Fidei, your podcast to help you discover new ideas and perspectives about the life of a Catholic. I am Milena, and I have with me... Carolyn. And Mark. And welcome to our season two. So exciting and can't wait to hear from our listeners this of this season. We thank you for your support and hope this season you can also learn with us along the way. We are three regular Catholics working in living a better life every day with guidance of God. We are hoping to share with you different perspectives, discussions, and topics related to our faith or that are challenging for us as Catholics to understand. How might we be able to live a better life with a Catholic fundamentals? We are hoping also to share a positive side of Catholicism and hoping that whoever is listening, you can learn that as Catholics, we also have different perspectives on how to live a Christian life within this contemporary world and how much we continue to learn every day to live a better life as a Catholic. Thank you to the Creation Nation makerspace of BNRC, Brandon Neighborhood Renewal Corporation, for allowing us to record this podcast in their installations. Please remember to visit us at luminfide.com and subscribe to our podcast. Send us your questions as we love hearing new ideas and perspectives on what we have discussed to Patreon at luminfide.com. Well, hello, folks. Uh, today we're going to talk about the movie The Mission. Uh, and I should have looked when the movie was published, but it starred uh, Jeremy Irons and Robert De Niro. And it's a story essentially of these two men who are um, Europeans um, in South America. They're basically in the roughly near of Paraguay and Brazil in the 1750s, just at the sort of the uh, interchange when, when land was changing from Spanish hands to Portuguese hands, and there was um, slave trading involved. And what turns out is that uh, Jeremy Irons is a Jesuit priest. He's sort of the, I don't know if he's like the head of the, the church in the area, like he's not a bishop. I think he's just the, the ranking priest in the area. And Robert De Niro plays the, uh, whose name escapes me, Mendoza. Captain Mendoza, uh, who is a mercenary, a Spanish mercenary, who is also a slave trader, and well, and, and more. But we'll talk about that as we go. Um, and this, the story is about the, the interaction between the two men and, and how very different their worlds are, and how they overlap. And eventually, one sees the power, the the true power of the other man's world. And I think I'll leave it there. Okay, yeah, well, I, I guess for me, uh, this movie, I remember watching it, maybe I was 12 years old, and one of the, uh, maybe I didn't get a lot of the historical elements of it, but the main story of the fight against, to defend um, human beings, I did get it as a little girl. Uh, as a little girl. One of the things that I remember from this movie, when I, that as an, as an early age, was where it was situated, um, or where it was filmed, basically in Peru, in the Iguazu Falls, right? Um, as well as the beautiful and magical music that was created for the movie. I think those elements there, just the visualization of where these Jesuit priests went to break ground, um, and really try to, just trying to understand and be empathetic 
of how these individuals and indigenous peoples lived in the 1700s and how uh, also the struggles of uh, evangelizing at this time that also they had to face in very different ways and they had to basically give pick up their crosses and live, give up their lives for the the what they believe so i really enjoy um as a little girl dad that part and as i carried it along with me i those were the moments that i always remember the message the the visual, the visuals they where they were at and the music that make it very inspirational very memorable and at the same time you know now that we get the chance to revisit the mission movie not that i haven't watched it since then but don't watch watch it very often because it's a it's a very deep subject mm-hmm. it's not a happy movie it's a movie that is telling you about the the repercussions of colonization and um, also evangelization after the conquest of America, right? So we're talking about South American indigenous people and in these areas that are super remote, but they're so rich in natural resources that at the end of the day, governments and corporations are always wanna get their hands on. So how a very insignificant group of priests try to protect their life and the basics of human rights and how uh, very, broken character that is Robert De Niro. It's amazing the actors too, right? Robert De Niro brings into the equation that brokenness, that evil per se, of that guy that was hunting down human beings to put them into slavery and making money and going into a point in his life that he even kills his own brother for this, uh, this love that he had for just have power at the end of the day. Is those scenes that we come back, right? The power to to have that, the 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 power, the power of of owning your partner as well, right? Not only about the money he's getting from those indigenous peoples, the the name that everybody in those little towns they know who Mendoza is, right? They know the bruta- brutality that he brings into slave trade as well, but also not even a pity or an empathetic human like a hair of his human being towards his own brother right to say you know i forgive you not at all so he was basically an antithesis of what the jesuits message is all about <laughs> yeah, instead of for the glory of god it's for the glory of captain mendoza of exactly yeah. absolutely yeah. the whole movie really I mean, when you look at it from a broader perspective and then zoom in on the characters as well and their interaction between each other, it really talks about that power struggle. There's the struggle of the power of the world versus the struggle of the power of faith and divine power. And those two, I mean, there's obvious obvious kind of the sphere in which they overlap is, I mean, it's the reality we live in, right? But I think if you take a maybe a broader perspective at the end of the film, I really, I really like the message that the movie gives because there, there's hope at the end of it, even though it seems so devastating. When you look at it from that divine perspective, it's, it's, a, it's amazing. Every time I watch the movie, I cry. <laughs> and I think it's because it's spreading that message of hope that even when things look most dire and despite all the devastation that's happened throughout the movie, 
and all the failings of the individual characters, there's still that underlying message of hope and salvation that we gain from um, the Christian perspective that leaves leaves room for hope at the end of it all. Yeah, he had a very specific way, like the uh, Matt is probably representative of uh, the queen, the Spanish queen, uh, and the Catholic, right? Um, he had a very way, it didn't matter, I, I don't remember very well how he phrased it, but he gave, uh, you know, there's nothing, at the end of the day, there was nothing that he could have changed. The worlds are colliding, right? The, the only thing that he sees is the hope that there is a different way to approach or to get inspired by all these calamities that are happening. He, he phrased it in a very unique way, as you mentioned, Caroline, for sure. Um, but it, it does make you reflect also on how and and, and 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 we have been trying to to maybe reflect a little bit on Saint Ignatius Loyola and the the Society of Jesus message on the four values of them right strength courage humility and faith and and I believe as as you know if we go back in history the mission is not only the only movie but the Jesuits have have been the ones that suffer those devastating political confrontations because they were the first ones to go. They were the warriors of Catholics to go into the areas that nobody knew them. So uh, they're the first ones to encounter that friction and to encounter the first, uh, in some ways, is, 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 is a proof. Do you really have the faith to follow me? Mm. Yeah, it's really the battlefield of evangelization, which it's interesting because it's represented by both the priest and then the mercenary, right? Mm -hmm. And how they're going to, to, quote unquote, attack on the field of evangelization. I mean, both ways are presented where you you approach it from a spiritual point of view where you do have that underlying um, sense of, of faith and hope and the power of God to persevere through all the different trials and then there's you know the other the other characters who really embrace that sense of no we're going to fight for this and that tension between well what's right mm-hmm. I mean that that is just heart-wrenching and, and it, I think it speaks to both the natural inclination of man to defend um to, to defend the the vulnerable the poor the marginalized I mean the people that they're trying to defend they need help right but at the same time you know, um, who's oh, I can't remember the, the main character's name. The priest, Jeremy Irons. <laughs> Jeremy Irons, yeah, yeah, amazing actor. I don't know how I forget his name, but you know, he embraces the monstrance and the power of the cross and faith in the face of the soldiers, right? And I think that's something for us to reflect on. In within the field of evangelization and spreading the kingdom of God, we most of us are probably not within you know a new culture and spreading it for the first time in that place. How do we do that in our own lives, in a culture that's now post-Christian, within our own families, within our own friend groups, within our, our offices and our community? It's, we have to be able to translate those principles into our moder- modern culture now. And I think this movie, even though it's a bit removed in terms of time and place, we can, we can really use it to reflect on our own decisions so that we can discern how to go about 
being warriors for Christ within the field of, of evangelization nowadays. It's funny you mentioned discernment because actually that's one of the main goals of San Ignatius of Loyola um, teachings. Uh, it produces a lasting sense of prayer or peace, sorry, discernment of the spirits, right? Mm -hmm. It's trying to reflect on your own demons in some ways mm -hmm. as well, right? Yeah, in well, you can see in the movie, each yeah. of the characters has their own flaws and their own strengths. And that interaction, how they play out is, I mean, it's within the real world, within mm -hmm. real time, and there are real consequences to that as well. I know. I think it's interesting how when the movie opens up, and one of the first things that uh, the character who plays, or Jeremy, Jeremy Aaron, who plays the, the Father priest. Father Gabriel. Pardon me? Father Gabriel. Father Gabriel. Gabriel. Thank oh. you. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. The angel of the message. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. But he says, um, we, we see them, they open up on the scene where they're paddling towards the oh, falls beautiful. where the uh, Gorani are above the falls. Mm -hmm. And he says to the, the, the more junior priest, I have to go. I sent him there myself. So he's going to, um, basically what's happened is that the uh, previous missionary has gone up into the neighborhood. Um, the, the aboriginals didn't didn't agree with him and they killed him, sent him, well they didn't kill him, they just sent him back downstream tied to a, a tree um, and he, he died of course yeah. um, but uh, Father Gabriel is coming back up and he's, he's recognizing his personal responsibility that he sent the man up there but the mission still has to be done mm -hmm. so he doesn't want to delegate that to the fellow who, who wanted to go who said no I, I sent I, he was my partner, it was our territory, I should go up there and, and, and Father Gabriel says, no, I'm going to go. It's my responsibility. Unlike Captain Mendoza, who goes, it's entirely on his own mandate. Like he's going into these, these, kind of these, these areas and he's exploring and doing what he, what, what he wills, irrespective of what anybody else wants. He's motivated by profit and probably by a lust for power as well. So it's interesting that, and I think there's, we were talking, so there's, there's parallels between then and now, although it's set in the 1750s, I very much think there's there's lots to ponder on about then versus now. One thing that really struck me was, yes, there's the natural beauty, and then there's the constructed um, beauty of the Spanish and Portuguese settlements, where they got the beautiful buildings. Um, but what really strikes me is when these priests go up and, and, and when Father Gabriel establishes a, a mission there, one of the things he does is he, he and I'm not going to say civilizes, but he organizes the people who already had a civilization, but it was a subsistence civilization. He helps them to organize in such a way that they're no longer just subsistence, but that they're profitable. They're, 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 they're not only meeting their own needs, but they're meeting a surplus of needs, which allows them leisure which is what we're built for. We're not built to be constantly working, which is what is dictated by a subsistence environment. Uh, and and the, although people make it out that the, the rainforests are so lush and beautiful, they're not very nutritious. There's not a lot of free energy there for, for people to eat, but a lot of biomass for people to eat, so they have to work at it. And they show the people farming. They show the people, and it, it's interesting, they're building permanent structures, so they're not living out in the open anymore, which produces their, their cost of staying alive. They, they, they don't have to worry about cold or insects or, or weather, uh, so it makes, it makes them more sustainable. 
And that's not a European thing. That's a Father Gabriel saying these people need security. They need safety. So he's developing that. Now, fortunately, in 1750, the difference between 1750 Europeans and 1750 uh, tribesmen is not that great. They're, they're their subsistence, for the most part, in either culture, it's just we're a little more mechanized in the European side. So when he brings these concepts of working together collectively, in fact, at one point, uh, the I guess he's a bishop, he's a cardinal that comes to, from Europe to sort of pass judgment on the missions. He's talking to one of the priests, and the priest is saying how we he returns the prophets. I use the word prophets. I don't think he use that word. The 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 excess of uh, of of capacity. He says it's returned back to the people of the mission. And the cardinal starts to kind of look down at his nose and say, well, it's kind of like a French radical's idea. Like he didn't identify who the French radical was, but it's kind of a, a communist idea. And the priest says, no, this is what Jesus taught, is that we share in common <laughs> our goods. And you could see that that kind of set the cardinal aback. He's going, oh, yeah, it's not just a, a political exercise. It's not a psychological exercise. It's not a philosophical exercise. It's a expression of their faith and of, of their trust and belief in God, that God's going to look after them. But in doing that, they have to look after themselves. It's, it's, a, it's a, just a tremendously interesting movie, and it goes on from there, but all the, all the different things that he, the, uh, the parallels. As, as we're watching this, I'm watching the, thinking of the parallels between then and now. Mendoza, who is very much concerned with his own affairs, He's, uh, and, and when he finds his brother is in love with the same woman he is, he doesn't look at how, the effect of the woman, what's going to happen to her when he kills his brother. He just sees he's been affronted. And I thought it was interesting, and in, like in so many cases of PTSD where people suffer PTSD because they're shocked at what they can do, what they found themselves, the situation they found themselves in, what they're capable of. And I think that's very much what Captain Mendoza was experiencing is he was he realized that not just the, the death of his brother, that sort of was the 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 uh, the watershed or the waterfall, if you will, if we're gonna use the analogy, uh, of his wicked, self directed life, self focused life. He was his own goal. Uh, when he realized it was all for naught. It's nothing. It's I just killed my brother for my own arrogance, for my own pride. And he, he, he just turns in on himself. He just goes, I've done this so badly. I don't know what to do. There's no redemption for me. And I thought it was very telling. And it's, it's, it's something that um, you'll notice throughout the movie that when somebody challenges either the, uh, the Portuguese representative or the Catholic representative, the Spanish representative, they say their piece and then they turn their back and they walk away. They don't engage any more discussion. But when uh, Father Gabriel encounters um, Captain Mendoza in Captain Mendoza's self-imposed exile from society. I guess he's living at, at, a, at a monastery. And he's just existing. He's, he's not living. He's existing at a monastery. He doesn't want to live. He's given up all that. Father Gabriel comes into him and says, um, so you killed your brother. Right off the top. He's not going to sugarcoat it. He's not going to be gentle. He says, you did this. And Mendoza doesn't respond. And eventually, uh, Father Gabriel sort of itemizes what he what he he he's itemizes what Mendo, Captain Mendoza thinks of himself and very insightfully I think he's he's di, di, dissecting Father or Capital, Captain Mendoza quite thoroughly. Captain Mendoza of course takes umbrage at this. He goes, 
you can in his head you can see him saying you can't talk to me that and he actually physically assaults Father Gabriel puts him up against the wall and formerly would have he probably would have killed Father Gabriel because that's who he was but then he catches himself he realizes I'm doing why I'm here I haven't changed I haven't done anything I am beyond hope in his mind he's thinking I am beyond hope and then Father Gabriel says you've got a chance not in yourself, not in society, because the and he even points out that the law can't touch him because it was a duel. He's his, he's not legally culpable for killing his brother. But morally, he certainly is, and that's where Mendoza is, is crucifying himself. So when Father Mendoza, sorry, Father Gabriel gives Captain Mendoza the chance for redemption, because of course he's still alive, he's still a human, he can be forgiven, he has to subsume his will to God's will. And that's the chance that uh, Father Gabriel gives uh, Captain Mendoza. And I thought it was interesting. Captain Mendoza at one point says, uh, uh, Father Gabriel lays down the challenge, will you accept that chance of redemption? And Captain Mendoza, I think very tellingly, says, uh, uh, and I wrote it down here, do you dare to see that chance fail? In other words, he's turning it back on, on outside of himself. So I don't want to be responsible for my own salvation. I don't want to be responsible for my redemption. Because I'm, I'm beyond redemption, and I give up. And he's, he doesn't want to accept responsibility, which is, his I think, his major fault through the whole thing, is he doesn't want to accept responsibility for his actions. So when, when Father Gabriel says, no, you can be redeemed. And he says, no, there's no penance big enough. And then he kind of pushes him. And the next scene, thing you see, you, they cut to the scene where Captain Mendoza is carrying all of his worldly signs of his past career, his past mindset, his past attitude, his armor, his, his, uh, his sword, and uh, whatever else is in there. Thinking back, okay, that also represents an enormous amount of wealth. The amount of armor he had there and the quality of it would have been just phenomenally uh, a, a phenomenal capital asset. But he's got tied up in, in, like in a garbage bag, essentially, and he's dragging this massive weight all the way through. And it's interesting that Father Gabriel takes him back to the very group of people that he started preying upon at the beginning of the movie, the group of Guar Guarani that he was going to enslave. And I've talked a long time. <laughs> Sorry. Okay. <laughs> no, that's fine. Uh, just to wrap up, maybe uh, there's a couple of things to maybe add into what Mark was mentioning. Uh, one of the things is that Jesuits actually to become a Jesuit priest, you need to have a master's degree, and that master's degree actually has to have. Uh, you, you need to put it back into the community that you place, and you do rotations in different type of communities. So they're actually the ones that they're, uh, within the, for example, in Mexico and with indigenous populations in Oaxaca, in Chiapas, in Baja, that they don't allow a human civilization to come in. The Jesuits will be the only ones allowed to come back and teach them how to be self-sufficient, uh, a self-sufficient little town, right? So that's super cool that they do that, that they still do that even. Um, uh, other things that also about that moment of, we all have a choice we all are presented every day. Uh, we have habits that we have created for our lives. To be able to break a habit, you need to realize that you have done something wrong. And I think Captain Mendoza realized that when he killed his brother. 
So he had the choice to say, no, I'm not going to heal Father Gabriel. Yep. And, and Father Gabriel says, you have the freedom to choose your penance. Exactly. So yep. we, we have the choice in our hands to be always be more, as St. Ignatius would say, uh, right? Uh, trying to discern those bad feelings, you know, those, uh, those thoughts on how to be, become better for the glory of God, right? Anything that you would like to add, Caroline? Definitely watch the movie. Watch it several times. Watch it all throughout your life. It's, it's one that will not disappoint. Yeah. Well, thank you so much. Uh, remember to send us an email to patreon at Write to write us about your questions, about your ideas, about anything that is in your mind. We'll be happy to hear from you. Plus, we're having upcoming little giveaways for those of you that listen to us and keep downloading our episodes. Thank you so much for that. Have a great day. God bless. God bless everybody.